The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we have a very special guest on the show, producer Bink the Humble Monster. Bink, thank you for being here. Yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, first of all, pleasure me being here. Um, but, you know, old guy. Been around for probably about 23 years now. I used to go by Bink. Dog, one shot deal used to be my tag at first. I changed my name as of recently to Bink the Humble Monster. Born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia. Nice. From a long list of other great dudes. <laughs> what uh, what caused the the name change to Humble Monster? Well, I had some rivalry producers by the name of Justice League that were really mimicking their whole style behind me, and some kind of way they ended up being one shot management. So they sound like me, and they had a company called One Shot. It was just too much going on. Jesus. So I went ahead and just wanted to further, yeah, I just wanted to further separate myself from these guys and let them have the One Shot thing, and I just go with Big the Humble Monster. All, although I had One Shot deal for 20 years, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like that's a good sign of confidence, right? Like instead of being like, I need to hold on to this thing, it's like, you know what? I can change up at any time. Like, right. you can have right, that. Right, right, right. I don't want to be associated with you guys by no means. So mm -hmm. let me just go. Cause I know you're not going. I know they're not going to change their name. You know. So let me just further separate myself <laughs> from this situation. Nice. So as you said, 23 years in the game. Uh, you had some early interactions with Kanye before "Devil in a New Dress" was ever a thing. Um, back in the the Blueprint days. Absolutely. Absolutely. We um we came into the uh, whole Rockefeller thing almost the same time. Maybe it came like a year or two before him. But uh, doing the Dynasty album was when we really started clicking. Nice. And do you remember uh, any first impressions? Oh, yeah, for sure. Kanye was always um, curious. You know, he used to ask me my advice on um, musicians we should add or instrumentation he, I think he should add to certain you know he ended up actually using both my engineer and my guitar player you know what I'm saying but you know, which was all love with me anyway yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah my guitar player ended up doing um, Bonnie and Clyde with him for Beyonce and Jay guy named E-Bass my boy E-Bass in the game as well that's pretty cool so you were having was that was that a, a pretty exciting time overall for you? Just the whole the Rockefeller era? Uh, insane. 
know, it was it was a great time, you know what I'm saying, for me and music. Like that's probably maybe one of the only times I was actually anticipating the release date like everybody else. <laughs> you know? Right. I was just as excited as everybody else for it to come out. And um I just remember the blueprint had leaked out. It was a unofficial version going around before the album actually dropped because people wanted it that bad. It was just like really just clawing for it. So people was calling like, Yo, which, which, which number did you do? I'm like, man, I don't even know which, which songs y'all got. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know the order. So I don't know. So when the album finally dropped and I found out I was number one, it was just like, wow. Like, you know, I know all day today, the first thing these people are going to hear is going to be me. So I, I just, it was a big deal for me. That must be such a cool feeling. It seems like it was there was so much energy at that time, like so many people together, working, focused, like uh, just a great time to be involved. It was definitely a different vibe for music back then. You know, the um, authenticity of it all was still there, you know? Yeah. Now it's just like, uh, you know, everybody's just doing it just because it's just a cool thing to do without even really having a, a musical background at all, you know. Never being a musician at one time or anything of that nature, just a fan of music. So it's just a different a different day with music now. Yeah, and to have so many like people that went on to have like legendary careers just involved in that group at that time all at once, it just seems like something that we maybe still like don't realize how amazing it was even though we're have this perspective on it all these years later i mean to put out that kind of body of work that was unprecedented it was that's what made it a big deal i feel you know it just came with a sound that hadn't been done before for real so that's one of the you know things i pride myself with you know rick rubin and you know, uh, uh, Herbie Lovebug and all those guys, like, they didn't just do loops. Like, they really composed some real pieces together. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some real music. So it was always, you know, there, but it's just the way I was doing it who made it different, you know? Yeah. That, uh... So the genre of music, like, it was... It, yeah, the genre of music I, that I was programming for wasn't normal for having that type of programming, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> Well, so we moved from kind of that early era, Dynasty, Blueprints, and there's a, a number of years before heading towards My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, were you following the Kanye albums as they kind of came out and hearing what he was doing and kind of... Uh... I mean, I, I mean, absolutely. Like, to me, you know, Kanye was my brother in music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a lot of respect for Kanye you know, in music, and we had a mutual respect for each other. You know, thus is why he would ask me my opinion on certain things, and you know what I'm saying, and, I, you know, I, I appreciate his ear and hearing certain things, too, because I know he had a great ear as well. Kanye, I was a fan of Kanye, you know what I'm saying? It was just to see a producer make that transition from producer to artist, you know, and that's never smooth normally. You know, that's, that's usually an ugly situation. You know, for the most part, you know, it's not a lot of, you know, producers that can really rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can rap. I'm talking about actually spit. Like, Kanye can rap. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's a difference. 
So just to, you know, to hear him do that and have that transition, I was totally supportive of, you know, totally supportive of that. Did you see that kind of coming back in the day? Like you, you knew those were his sensibilities and that that was a, a, a path he was going to walk at some point. I mean, Kanye always thought big, you know, <laughs> even when she was small, <laughs> he always had, he always thought big and, you know, and I respect that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta respect that for somebody that can think big for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he always did and he did it. I think, you know, it made me a firm believer in, you know, you, you know, telling the universe what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he's a, a great advocate of that. Just telling the universe what he wanted, and he went and got it. 1,000%. It reminds me a few years ago when he was on stage and he was talking about uh, the comparisons like Disney, Jobs, Ford, and at the time, a lot of people were just like, why is he making those comparisons? Like, how could he put himself in that category? And it was a few months later that he was just like, yeah, I know I'm not on that level yet. But you start making those comparisons and you start like getting that frame of reference for yourself and for other people to view you. And it, it builds. Right. I mean, if you're going to align yourself with some people, why not make them great? Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it seems pretty straightforward well, and simple. Gonna, yeah. If you're going to align yourself with some people you want to learn from, make them great people. Yeah. You know, and Disney, you know, the other guys, you know, they all had, you know, dreams bigger than people's heads. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Could, could store. And they looked at them like they were crazy. No different than Noah. Noah building his art. You know, it's the same situation. Like, everybody's going to look at you like you know Noah. Until the arc is finished. <laughs> like, yo, that arc and now is you're a, a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this arc is insane. Like, we really need this. Today It's raining. Let's go. <laughs> like, <we're>, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good thing you were building this the whole time we were calling you crazy. Right. I'm, you know, the whole time they walk on the boat, man, I just want to apologize for calling you an idiot. Oh, no problem, man. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A whole bunch of apologies, but that's what you know. That's what the world's about. Nobody's gonna believe in you. Nobody gives you credit for having potential. You know? Mm-hmm. It's all about what you're putting out there, what you're doing. Period. Nobody cares about what you did 30 years ago, or 10 years ago, for that matter. No, they'll give you some respect, but it's it's a different it's a different vibe. People are still interested in like what's now, what's present. And you keep, you can't keep the wood. You can't keep the fire going with imaginary wood. Can you? Like you got to put some more in that fire. Keep it burning. <laughs> this law doesn't burn forever. So many good metaphors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're following. You're hearing the albums: College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation, um, and then 808s, leading into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, when did you first kind of catch wind or start to get involved in Twisted Fantasy? <clears throat> Funny story. Actually, <laughs> actually, I kept hearing all these stories about uh, Pete Rock was in Hawaii and, you know, Pushes in Hawaii and, you know, Brizzles in Hawaii and all these people are going to Hawaii working with Kanye for this album. 
So I, I emailed him. I said, bro, here you got everybody out in Hawaii, but that guy. He said, who is that? I said, me. God damn it. Why am I, why am I, why am I not out there with y'all? Like, what's going on? He was like, nah, man, it ain't that. You know, just that, you know, the, you know, the travel budget has been kind of over-exhausted. We don't really, you know, have any money in the budget no more. I said, all right, well, hold on. Hold, check these joints out. I started shooting beats to them. And the next email came back was, somebody about to call you about your travel information. <laughs> <laughs> so I, said, I said, cool. I said, cool. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, and Devil in the New Dress was not one of the beats that I sent. FYI. Were you, uh, were you keeping that in your back pocket, or did it just not come up at the time? I actually had no intentions on playing that for Kanye. Zero. It came on while I was holding my laptop. <laughs> and we were talking. We were standing up talking. I had a laptop in my arms. Like, you know, you just hold your, your laptop in front of your face like while you're standing up. Yeah. And I'm just listening to... I was playing him a beat and we get to talking and the beat goes off and that beat comes off. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, you know, it's just some shit like that. Like, what's up? He's like, oh, no, let me get that right now. And I was like, really? And he's like, hell yeah. And he went right in the booth immediately. And the, and the first lines he came up with is that, you know, she loves Jesus, but she learned a lot from Satan. That was the first line that came out of his mouth. Jesus. <laughs> so it was, just, it was just ill how it came together. Like, no yeah. intentions on, you know, me playing it for him. And it went from that to him, you know, put a little scratch vocal down that night. And then I go back, I fly back to, to, to you know, Virginia. And months later, they reach out to me and say, hey, man, you Got a song called The Magic Hour on the album. I said, Yeah, The Magic Hour? That's what's up. That's what they called it at first. Magic Hour. And then they changed it later. You know, he says that. It's The Magic Hour, Hour. you know, doing the record. But uh, then he changed it to Devil New Dress sometime later. So they added Ross to it because he had released it on those uh, Good Friday, those uh, Good. Uh, good music Thursday was whatever he was doing at the time, like good music Thursday, good music Friday, whatever he leaked like yeah. record of the week. Good Friday. And he leaked out yeah, he put out the devil a new dress. And the rest was history. <laughs> That's awesome. We're uh was so that was your first time kind of hearing what the final product was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, outside you know, outside the couple of lines that I heard while I was there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but to hear it, you know, to hear it later, it was just like, wow, this is, he went in. Yes, he did. And the songs, uh, it it's funny to me because I always, I always love the song, but I felt like whenever I saw people discussing My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it was always kind of power runaway, power runaway. Um Right. All of the lights, gorgeous. Those were kind of the songs everybody was talking about. And then I remember in 2016, I think it was, there was a, mm -hmm. a, a big favorite song tournament on the Kanye West subreddit about which is the, the best Kanye song of all time. And it came down to Runaway versus Devil in a New Dress. And over wow. the, the weeks that that was going on, it was just this building appreciation of devil in a new dress. And I feel like ever since then, 
it's just been growing and growing and growing and kind of legacy and popularity where people just are constantly talking about it as like, you know, it's low-key the best song on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Everybody loves Runaway, but it's like Devil in a New Dress. Is yeah, like... <laughs> I lost a beat battle with that beat. <laughs> a couple of years prior to, yeah, a couple of years prior to Devil in a New Dress coming out, I did a, uh, a high standard celebrity beat battle. And I was battling somebody I had no business battling anyway, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I played this soul beat because I felt like the beat he played was so weak that I didn't need to play my hard stuff. So I just played the soul jar. I played Devil in the Dress. And then he played some old, some dated shit he played. And they voted for his shit over mine. And then... Two years later, it gets Song of the Year on MTV. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> right. Whatever. Like, no accounting for the taste <laughs> of, of <laughs> right. people. You're just like, what the? I lost yeah, So I'll take that low caliber. I'll take that low caliber L. You know, <laughs> I'll take that L that, you know, for this win right here. I'll take it. Right. It's almost like a badge of honor. Like, it was so good, you couldn't understand it. <laughs> like, that's why I got the L. Right. You know what? And it's crazy. That's exactly what it was. When it, even you can go on YouTube and look at it. It's on YouTube, actually. And you will see the people listening, but almost confused. <laughs> like, not knowing how to feel about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it was like, it was just, it was just weird to see. But, you know, uh, in, in my defense, like, it was just, most beat battles, like people play a lot of beats for a lot of action and or pretty loud and aggressive. So it was like different for somebody just play a smooth soul record. Right, you kind of know like what does you know? well in those situations and what people like. Oh, absolutely, respect. absolutely. But like I said, you know, like if you're playing spades and you know it's the the highest card on the table was a jack of club, you know. You just gonna play a Queen of Club. Like I didn't feel like I need to play nothing crazy to beat this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I played something I thought was cool, just enough to get past his whack. We had just heard, but the crowd didn't go for it. So I paid. <laughs> I paid for it. <laughs> Amazing. Um. So how long? Uh, how long were you in Hawaii for? Um, probably like a week, probably. Nice. What was, uh, do you have any kind of like favorite moments from the experience? Um, like I said, uh, it was, it was just dope too. Cause that was like this first time me and Kanye had reconnected since the whole Rockefeller thing. You know what I mean? Mm. So to just to come in his space and to see everything he had going for itself was, I was just, you know, I was just happy for him. I was proud of him. You know what I'm saying? Just to see him doing that. You know, really get, coming yes. from where I'm coming from. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. 
Yeah, right. Like you have kind of like a unique perspective where it was like, you know, I worked with you back here and now 10 years later I get to see where you're at now. Like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, definitely wasn't mad about it. I was, I was super happy for him and, uh, and for him to, uh, you know, care about what I thought about the music, you know, that's also just as refreshing and, you know, and, and flattering too. Yeah, you know, Cause he produces himself. What do you need me for? You know what I'm saying? Recognizes uh, good work when he sees it. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to say. And I appreciate him recognizing that. So it was awesome. dope. It was honor. I was, it was, I was honored to do it. What a, so then devil in a new dress comes out. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy comes out. Um, do you have kind of a, a favorite part about the, the final version of the song? Is there, or uh, even like in your production, is there kind of a moment where you're just always like still wanting to pat yourself on the back? You're like, I love that part. Good call. <laughs> Good call, Bink. You did well. Um, unfortunately, man, you know, I was pretty mad about the record to be, you know, in all honesty, because, you know, I come from a, you know, a place where, you know, we finish our own records, you know, and it was disrespectful for somebody to touch your record without you knowing. You know, so when I originally heard the record, I only listened to it for maybe 30 seconds and turned it off because I was disgusted with the mix. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I felt. You know, this is my baby. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't like how they had my baby dress. You know what I'm saying? I didn't Mm -hmm. like it. Nobody else could, you know, solve a problem. But I did, you know what I'm saying? Because this is my baby, right? You're, you know what I'm saying? Aware of of the the details and specifics of it than anybody yes. else. Yes, yes, yes. So you know, when I say that, you know, people will look at me like I got two heads. I'm like, I have the right to say that this is my creation. Yep. Now this is my baby. You know what I'm saying? So I was kind of not happy with the mix ultimately, but I loved the the look I got for the record. You know what I'm saying? But I was just annoyed by the mix and the fact that I wasn't allowed to finish it myself. You know, because that's where I come from. I don't come from this new school where you just send somebody a session and they just do what they want to do with your music without consulting with you. And I, I can't I can't function like that. You know? And that seemed to be the climate. Up. That's the climate of today's music. Like, you just email them some, some stems and then they just do what they're going to do. That's not me, which is why you don't see me on a lot of stuff because I just can't get with how people do business now. Right. You want to be that craftsman that is there and takes it from like, this is where I came on and I'm going to see this all the way through. And like, this is going to be Absolutely. my work. Absolutely. Like, I remember when I first got with Rockefeller and uh, I was mixing a Beanie Siegel record, uh, right for my niggas. I'll never forget it. And, and hip hop, said, uh, yo, we, you know, we won't ready to mix the record. I said, well, hip hop, I'm not finished. I got to finish it. He was like, yo, come on. Bink. Like, yo, don't, yo, don't, don't fuck the record up. Yo. I was like, nah, I ain't gonna fuck it up, bro. Like, you know, I just want to make it a record now. And then he did his vocals. I want to add some things around. And he was just like really reluctant and just really gun shy with me doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the day he came to the session while I was finishing the record. 
and he tapped me on my shoulder and he said, I never question you again. <laughs> and I said, thank you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to prove myself to you. And that's all I wanted to do. Just let me show you what I'm talking about. You know? And this was in a time where, you know, people weren't, hip hop wasn't adding a lot of music to this shit. It was just drums and samples, you know? All these keyboard parts and extra guitar parts and strings and people wasn't really doing that. That's some shit Puff was doing later, you know? That's where I learned it from. From watching Puff. And how they did doggy how they did our life after death. And how Dre did doggy style. And I just combined the two and I applied it to what I was doing without sounding like them verbatim, you know? But that's you know, that's where I I taught myself how to do overdubs for music. Listening to those two albums, equipment as well too. Though Outkast equipment as well. And that makes a lot of sense too. Then because for you, the initial part of the the song is just half the work, and it's like you right. have this vision of what you're going to do or what you could do, or even after you hear what somebody else did, you're like, I would have added this. I would have added this. Like we could have done this. Exactly. And just, I mean, I tell people all the time, anybody can finish somebody else's record. Because for real, a, a record is just like an outfit. You know, you can say, hey, man, you should have wore brown shoes with that. Well, <laughs> that, does that make you right? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's your preference. So everybody has a preference. So if you see your outfit and the, they got the brown shoes on instead of the black and they got a red tie on instead of the brown, it's like, this is not right. But the other person loves it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't bother them. So that's why I was like, you know, nobody really felt me understood when I said, yo, I, I hated the mix on Devil in the Dress. It was just way too much compression going on. Have you uh, adjusted to it over the years or you just kind of accept it for what it is? I mean, yeah. No, I just said, like I said, it was a great look. And that's what I had to really, you know, chop it up to. This is a great look. You know what I'm saying? It, the, the record overall is a great record. You know? So, right, right now, you you know, you, we're really mad about some petty quality shit. Like, this is just <laughs> some shit that only the producer would be mad about. Nobody else in the world gives a, gives a damn. You know what I'm saying? Sounds yeah. great to them. <laughs> it's funny to, like, when it's on that level of nuance, right? Because it's like, I I know in my own creative writing, I could get really annoyed by the editor in my novel, like, switching... Uh, two sentences or just cutting out like one sentence that he thought was re uh, repetitive. It's like nobody would care right. in the grand scheme of things. But me, I'm like, that ties into this and does this and does all of this and like it sets up this sound. Ultimately, like I'm pissed about something that like doesn't really matter. Nobody else gives a fuck about, about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you felt like it was, a, you know, it was, it was compelling to your story. Like you need that to be with it for, for everybody to get it like you want them to get it and that's yeah. you know i feel the same way you know and it's just annoying that you know today's climate for music is just okay we like this beat give us a session and just go somewhere and sit down <laughs> and i'm like no give my music back and i'm gonna chill because i don't <laughs> trust you to just get my music right by yourself because you guys don't know how to do this you know what i'm saying you can mix thing. it of course yeah, but let me do what I do. Like if I if I'm hiring somebody to do a job, then I'm gonna allow them to do the job. I'm gonna get out of their way. Um, and then, so the legacy of the songs 
been pretty good over time. Do you still have people uh, talking to you about? I mean, obviously, I'm talking to you about it now, but <laughs> does it still uh, come up a lot? I mean, every year I'm still seeing people on online like uh, paying homage to Devil New Dress and tagging Kanye bounce up, and people like correct them like, "Hello, Kanye didn't produce this." Bink did, and they're like, "Oh, damn, I didn't know that." So I still see that a lot, I'll you know, sure. or they'll. Uh, Give up, sure to tag yeah. Or they'll give up to Mike Dean. <laughs> no, so they'll give it up to Mike Dean. Like, okay, Mike Dean played guitar up there, yes, but this was produced by by Bink. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool. Just, I'm, I'm just so quiet. I don't do a lot of publicity, so a lot of people don't really associate me with all the records I've done. You know, right? Which is an extensive, <laughs> like, crazy amount of records. Right, but the crazy thing is. A lot of those records, people don't attach me to. They don't attach to me. They don't do the connection. So it's always after they meet me, and then they, after they go back to, you know, Wikipedia, and they be like, "Oh shit, oh my bad, I didn't." Like, yeah, that you know what I'm saying. So that's the story yeah. of my life, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's the story of my life. We do uh, every December. We do like a on Twitter a best Kanye West song tournament deathmatch extreme. And right. I'm pretty sure Devil in a New Dress is going to win this year or be in the finals. Like Runaway and Blood on the Leaves won the first two years, but every 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 matchup that Devil in a New Dress is in, I'm just gonna tag Bink. <laughs> I like every everyone and be like, Ah uh, man, Bink I produced. appreciate you. Yeah, well, like I say, I, I I for some reason when it comes to when they talk about that record, I tend to get omitted a lot. You know what I'm saying? For whatever reason, I don't know. <clears throat> but just a lot of records, like even my Jay-Z record, like a lot of people just don't associate me with these records because I don't have a tag on them. You know, I don't do a lot of publicity, so they really don't know. Right, and that can really shape the discussion, cause, which is kind of crazy when you look at Legacy. It's like how something was talked about maybe early on, like this new Jay-Z record, and then it's just the Jay-Z record. If your name starts to get right. left off early on, it might never end up getting reattached, which is such a shame. Exactly. Exactly. And for some reason, the people just don't like to put emphasis on the producer. And that's, I mean, there is no song without the producer. Now, y'all are pretty important. I would think so. <laughs> but in this whole, in this whole transition of music and, just for some reason is that the, the 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 value of the producer has been lost in translation. Yeah, do you think Big there's time. anything to do to reclaim that? Is there is there hope? Is it just on is it on the industry to do more to talk <clears throat> about producers I mean, on the media? Listen, the bottom line is corporate America and the industry has figured out that these kids don't give two shits about business. And they're capitalizing off of that. So you can only get so mad at these labels, you know? Mm. Somebody offer you, you know, something, you take it, that's on you. You know, there's too much information out here for you to be still misinformed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's, it's free. It really does seem like it's going to be, a, hopefully, a, a booming era of the independent artist. Yeah, we. I mean, ho Hopefully. Because, like I tell people all the time, you, you do not have to be with a label to flourish. You know, it's a lot of people who have label deals and still not selling a million records. 
right? They get all the promotion or maybe none of the promotion and they're just attached to this label and kind of stuck in the machinations of the label, not really able to make the moves that they would want to make or think they should be making. But, you know, like I said, in this game, you have to know your worth. If you don't know your worth, then you're going to get what you get, you know? I think that's with, with anything in life, I would say. You know, if you don't know what you're worth, then you're going to take a lot of shorts. That's uh, a very good lesson because you got to have those standards for your yourself. The same way you have standards for your art or your craft or your work, you got to have standards for your worth and your value and what you'll accept for your work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. That's, all I'm, that's why I told you you don't see me in this game as much as I could be just because of how the business is being like it's it's normal for a producer to get paid for a record that's already been out for six months after the fact. Like that's retarded. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like. But that's regular, right? right like other people, yeah, that's have not been paid. They've been paid. Yeah, there's nothing you can do with the label without them having everything from you first. But you can't get your money until they get everything from everywhere else. It's it's, it's insane, you know. For you to call me for a, a session for a record, but I haven't been paid yet. Why would I give you the session? Right, and then it could be Makes another no eight months before you get paid, X amount of time before you get paid. And and they think there's no problem with that. And I think it's a huge problem. I've done the work. The music is out. Where's my money? I don't want to hear about paperwork and all this. If that's the case, the project shouldn't be out yet. And that's how it used to be. They would not put out anything without every I being dotted, every T being crossed. And they realize that these kids are so stupid and thirsty that they just, you know, they do whatever the hell they want to do to them, and they're not going to say shit. They're just going to keep it pushing. So that's what happens. So now, regular bad business is regular business. How you're describing it makes me think kind of like uh, that's. I mean, there's a big legacy from Motown, but that's one of the things that's talked about a lot for Motown, right? Was how the producers and record labels and not producer produce, but like the record label people and business people took so much advantage of the Motown artists. And then you see yeah. everybody get away from that and get back to like, we have business standards and then it ends up. But, but let's window. be, let, let, let's be honest though, Chris, let's be honest. And this whole 50, 50 years of hip hop, right? Tell me how many Master P's and Nipsey Hustles you can count. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you, you're not going to use all the fingers, okay? That's disgusting. That is disgusting when you think about it in that way. 50 years of hip-hop. How many people came out here and got it from the mud? But everybody that did, their reward was insane. Their reward was insane. But it's not a lot of people that's built for that journey. It's a different no. kind of hustle right there. Yeah, that's a that's a big hustle. <laughs> I mean, it's not though because it starts with good music. As long as you got good music, there's nothing you can't do. Nothing. A monkey can manage you at that point. Like you just answering the phone, saying, "Okay, I can have Chris there Thursday at two o'clock. No problem. We need ten thousand. All right, goodbye." Who can't do that? I, listen, there. A manager, a publicist, a lawyer can't do shit until you come with the music. There is no movie before the music. There is no movie. And the music's what everybody a, relies on. Right, but until you have music that some people want, 
you just an aspiring artist. You got to have good dope, man. Your content got to be right in order for people to be checking for you. And it has to be consistently right. Over and over again. You keep doing it right. That's why Drake is Drake. You keep doing it fucking right. You know what I'm saying? For this many years in a row. You can't help but respect it. I don't care what the NBA's writing or the Knight writing it. He still has to pick <laughs> these great records. It doesn't matter. Right. All the greats have other people coming in writing with them. It's only corny when you don't admit it. Kanye goes to everybody for help. He doesn't have any shame in his game. He wants a perfect record. He don't give a fuck who he has to go to to get it. Yeah, Timberland did the drums on Stronger. You know what I'm saying? It's like he asked people to, you know, reprogram drums for him or play keys or whatever he think was going to make this record better. He's all for it. He's not tripping. There's a, a confidence there with that too, right? Like, I, I don't fear that I'm going to lose respect by working with other people. I know that it's just going to get my shit to the best place it can get, which is ultimately what everybody cares about. Right. And that goes back to knowing who you are. Knowing your worth and knowing who you are. Kanye know that didn't diminish his genius whatsoever because he has another keyboard player on the record. Only an idiot would think like that. And there's plenty of idiots out here. Could you imagine somebody being like, Kanye is whack, he didn't even play his own keyboard in that song? You you definitely have some idiots out here saying that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you know what it is out here. Yeah, you know, I know talent when I hear it. I know, you know, good spirit when I see it. Kanye always had confidence in his music. He always talked big shit about his music. He told you off the top he was going to be number one rapper. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked retarded saying it back then because nobody understood what he was saying. Like, oh, get this. Come on, man. You serious? Oh. Absolutely serious. When you two used to have, uh, I read somewhere, like, he would come to your house and you two would just have kind of uh, production battles or, like, showdowns or just... Yeah, Absolutely. He came to the house one time, and um, that's when he first played me the record he had called Wow. It's a rap song he did called Wow. You know, just like I said, just play records. We're going to play beats back and forth. You know, which, which, which I do down here in Virginia, I call it beat sparring. So I still do that here with young producers. That's pretty cool. And just something that you've been... Uh, when did you first start beat sparring like that? Oh, uh, man, I mean, we've been doing this for years. Uh, I used to do it with knots. You know, me and not so you know, we born born and raised from Norfolk like five minutes apart. <clears throat> we used to be down together in the beginning. You know, nasty at Barry Barnes for, for Kanye. We would you know, we used to be down together at a got a squad called Teamster. And uh, you know, we get together and just play beats and spend plenty of days and maybe not want to play nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> be totally honest with you. Plenty of days. I like, yo, I, nah, I don't think I got no beats with me today. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to sit this one out. You killed me today. That's the only way you can get better, though. You got to have those type of people in your circle. Have people pushing and challenging. That reminds me of uh, like Hemingway talking about like you have the, the ink in the well, and sometimes you run the well dry, and you need to take some time to build it back up whether that's like hearing other people reading other people like just having some good alcohol and days off or traveling or whatever but like sometimes you do the work and you're like all right i i'm i'm done for a little bit now i'm back 
I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think we're at the, the time for the last call, which means you have an uninterrupted period to uh, talk about anything that you want to talk about. And uh, I just want to say before it starts, like, thank you so much for coming on. This was a uh, it was great talking to you. Great hearing your thoughts. Great hearing some of the backstory on Devil in a New Dress. And uh, appreciate the time, Bing. I appreciate you. As, you know, I appreciate you as well, man, for having me on. Like, I think I need to do more of this. To be honest with you, I've really, I've really never talked about my story, you know, my journey. So um, I need to do more of this for sure, just to get people more familiar with who I am, where I'm coming from. So they can have a better understanding of who I am. A lot of people have me misunderstood. You know, it would definitely have, you know, give me a chance to give people some clarity of who I really am, what I stand for. But again, I appreciate you having me up here talking about a great guy, Kanye West, and a great record we end up doing together. Hopefully, we, we'll get back together soon on something new. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Pusha, you know, as of recently. and stuff like that so I'm, I'm sure it's getting ready to happen again Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.